Are there brands out there who are not exploiting people or the earth? It can be really difficult to create a company that is not doing either of these things in some way. However, we can all try our best to reach that goal. And there are some companies doing great work already. I'm one of those people who loves to celebrate those companies and help them along the way of producing great products and great service that doesn't exploit people or the planet. He has created a marketplace of 15,000 different products, all from brands who are working towards the goal of becoming vegan and not exploiting people or the earth. His name is Steven. I got to sit down with him to talk about Shop Like You Give a Damn and his two other ventures, Vivolution and Vegan's Entrepreneur Network. So to not waste any more time, let's get on in. And Steven, do you mind telling us a bit more about Shop Like You Give a Damn and what you do? You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. So basically, I have three things I do mostly. I focus on. I focus on one thing basically. That's that's like the core in what I do. That's veganism. We have three things. I work on shop like give it a marketplace for vegan, fair, and sustainable fashion. Work on Feevolution, which is a marketplace also for to connect vegan investors with vegan startups. And I'm also one of the board members of the Vegan Entrepreneurs Network which is a network. I do the Dutch chapter, uh, which is a chapter with thousand people, all entrepreneurs trying to get together and uh, you know, learn from each other, network and find co-founders, find investors, find, uh, you know, basically everything you can think of. We've had people finding designers or social media professionals, whatever. So it's, it's, it's super broad. I think in general, what I do best is connecting people. I've always done this. And now I, not per se on purpose, but in some way, I just gravitated towards these things. And in the end, I ended up with a few marketplace platforms where I connect people in different ways. So it's just the way things panned out, I guess. So yeah, veganism and connecting people. That's what I do. Connect people around veganism, basically. Yeah. Very cool. And so how do you do that in each platform? How do you do that in Shop Like You Give a Damn first? Well, Shop, Shop Like Give a Damn is in that sense pretty straightforward. We make sure that we have all or as much as we, we can get brands who are as ethical as possible. We found that it's really hard as a brand to create something that is actually ethical. It's actually not exploiting people and not exploiting the earth. So we tend to work with brands we feel are credible, who we believe are trying to better themselves because they probably know they're not doing the best they could do. We were just talking about that everybody always wants to do better, but you can also highlight the things that are going well. So that's basically what we do. We know that things can go better. We're even working on a documentary, which has a tagline. They wanted to do good, but needed to do better. It's actually a thing within our company, funnily enough. But in the end, we do focus on the things that are actually going well, because there's a lot of stuff going well and people trying to you know, make a difference and they're actually making a difference. So what we're doing is finding those brands who are making a difference and still although they're already doing better than most, still striving towards doing even better and giving them a platform and, and make sure they reach their ethically inclined customers. That's what we do with Shop Like Give them mostly. That's really cool. And do you work like as a consultant with them too? Like saying like, hey, can we help you make your 
because it's even more sustainable and try to help them in that way? Or is it just, oh, you're doing this great thing. Those are some great ideas. Let's spread that word. That's a great question. And I'd like to say that we're helping them a lot, but I think we could help a lot of brands and we are planning on helping brands more. We have a lot of data because we have so many products. We have over 15,000 vegan, fair, sustainable products on our platform, which is a lot. And we have a lot of people on our platform who interact with the filters and with they buy stuff and they don't buy other stuff and they buy certain brands and they buy into certain stories and they don't buy into other ones and why is, we have a lot of data on that on, on choices people make so we can actually help brands increase their impact but we are also a startup and we need to become a sustainable business ourselves in the sense that we need to sustain ourselves and that's also a very challenging so, so it's very challenging too so we have to choose our battles and at the moment we're like fighting our own and facilitating the brands the best we can but there will be in the near future the situation where we will be shifting and dedicating a, a larger and increasingly large chunk of our time to actually helping them. Because if we help them, we reach our own goal. And if they reach our goal, we reach our goal. So that's awesome. That data is so key. Any company just can really, if you can tap into the data of like knowing which customers buy what, where, I mean, that's, that's huge. It is, it is definitely. So what about Vivolution? I'm not as actively engaged in the operations day to day. I'm a more of a silent partner kind of guy. So I wouldn't be able to tell you all the details, but we, we just hired a person for content creation and social media management. And so it's different. What we do there mostly is we connect investors who are looking for vegan plant-based or cell-based startups. And so those investors can help those startups grow into you know, an impactful business. That's what we mostly do, but we're actually expanding on that. I would say we have a, a trinity. We have a triangle as logo as well. And in the triangle, we have the startups, the business, but also, of course, the people, the consumers, the, the people who actually interact with the products of those businesses, which the investors help create, basically. And we are also uh, we also have a jobs platform where we connect uh, startups to people who need you want to, to, to help them find jobs. And uh, we have a lot of new matchmaking things coming up in the near future. So we're actually matchmaking between the three, between the, the people, the investors and the and the startups and looking at social media, which, well, like I said, we just hired uh, someone. But what we do feel is it's, it's kind of interesting looking from a social media perspective, because Evolution was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, it started out by Damien and Judy and they created an event business where they just had a lot of events and they had very big, they were the number one, the biggest thing in, in the UK. And they had an event where years ago already a thousand people came, just all, all entrepreneurs, people, you know, a fan of plan-based movement and came together to just, you know, rejoice in that movement and celebrate it and help each other further along their goals. And then COVID hit. And then the whole event business went, you know, went away. But what they had been building was a brand that was all about celebrating plant-based brands and, and talking about everything. And it was very business to consumer focused. So it was a lot of people, just like people like you and me, but you know, everybody in the street as well, who was interested in veganism and plant-based, you know, innovation, et cetera, who were following their social accounts and just getting being introduced to all these cool new brands, going to events where they could taste the actual brands because the brands were there always. And it was a real cool thing. And now we're doing something completely different. Now we're learning, we pivoted to an online business in during the pandemic. And what happened is that we started focusing on connecting to begin with, in uh, connecting investors with startups. So the whole consumer part, they just like, it didn't work anymore. So they built a pretty big account with, with Fevolution with, I think it's over 20,000 followers on, on Instagram. And that's pretty cool. And, but it's mostly consumers. So when we are now communicate about our current business, we have a mismatch 
in in the social uh, game, looking at target audience. But the same goes for our, our email newsletter database, right? It's also very consumer heavy. So we had a, an interesting challenge at pivoting our messaging and splitting the, the platform where we communicate what, because it, it wasn't as straightforward anymore. We just create one message and shoot it out everywhere because everybody knows what this one event fee evolution was. Now we are a different fee evolution and we have like a totally, all these different target audience. We have three and we have to figure out which message we need needs to be put where you know, to actually engage with our target audience. So, yeah. And with the vegan entrepreneurs, you know, to just make the circle round or the Trinity round, I guess, is we don't do a lot with social media yet because it is a grassroots community where just people connect. They connect on all these different platforms and it's not really about creating a brand, it's more about facilitating people. So nobody ever really got together and thought it a good idea to invest a lot of time to create a, a brand. but that might change because we just pretty cool agency in Berlin. They're called very good looking Berlin brand agency. They created a whole nice brand identity for vegan entrepreneurs network. And now we have like a, a brand home, I guess. So it might change in the future that we might, you know, start doing something together as a global network of people from the United States, from, from Brazil, from Africa, from Europe, and, and even Asia, all these different networks tied together into one brand might start doing something cool with social. But not sure yet. You mentioned how you have this, you have like a three part audience that you're trying to hit with the evolution because you've got the consumers that you had as part of it. So you got this big following and then you're transitioning. So you're trying to talk to more investors and business owners. So it's kind of this very interesting dynamic there. And, you know, I was talking to another green entrepreneur who is working in the circular economy and he kind of faces the same challenge where he works with businesses but he has to communicate things to consumers as well so that they can be educated and so that they know these are the things that need to start happening. So, you know, his big message is that not all plastic is bad and, you know, we shouldn't just ban plastic because some plastic is beneficial in certain use cases. So it's no. just got to be, you know, what's, what's the best use case for different situations, but the public has to be educated on that so that he can help brands understand that they don't need to just greenwash and say, oh, we're just banning plastic. And those brands not, might not even be trying to greenwash, but it's the fact that they are just trying to do what they think the consumer wants, right? And the consumer is saying, oh, ban plastic, right? So it's kind of this interesting dynamic where they're having to, on certain social media platforms, you know, post things in, according to businesses and th that dynamic, but then on other platforms, really posting to the consumer challenge. There's actually a, quite a funny story. I don't know if it's actually true, but I think it is. It's about the invention of plastic where there was this one dude long ago who loved pool, but it was then uh, the pool balls were made of ivory. And he was like, he didn't feel, it didn't feel right for this person to hurt animals to, to be able to play pool. So we started out and started working on the synthetic to create these balls. And then he discovered plastic basically. And he said, okay, like it's, it can carry its weight a, a few thousand times. You can wash it. You can reuse it always. It, you know, it doesn't break easily. It's easily mendable. La, 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 la. We had like all these perfect properties, but then production became so big and large and it, it became a disposable product. That's where the problem lies. It's not in plastic. So I really found that an interesting thing. There's actually, it came to save animals. It's that's the origin story of plastic. So I really like that one. I don't, again, I don't know if I'm 100% sure it's true, but you know, it's, it's one of the origin stories circling around on the internet somewhere. 
about plastic. So it's kind of fun. But indeed, it, it's hard because in, plastic in itself is like a, a beautiful product, but you shouldn't be using it as a disposable thing. It's it's very valuable product, actually. It's one of the, the one of the greatest inventions of all time that has well not been a, you know contributing a lot of positive things to the world at the moment, at least in the eyes of the consumer. So indeed, how do you go about that? Because it actually has a lot of uses and it would be a shame if we couldn't like utilize that beautiful product in ways that it can actually contribute to the world and even help the world to get rid of microplastics, et cetera. So yeah, interesting. Definitely. So what have you found in terms of social media? What's your best content that you've been able to create that's been most effective for your audience for, let's start with Shop Like You Give a Damn. The funny thing with Shop Like You Give a Damn is we actually stopped doing social for a while. We're still not doing it. And I think it's, let me, before I say what I think works uh, and which you will probably know much better than I do what, what works and what doesn't. But so what we found is that we, we are a marketplace. So we have, our story is that we have a specific set of criteria we like verify brands with and then onboard them so you can you know we have uh, specific types of brands online with a specific set of ethical values and we ourselves are that that's us and the thing is is that nobody in our company actually likes to be online or like with their face on social media weirdly enough nobody in our whole company we have around 20 people nobody likes that everybody kind of like hates social media but everybody uses it but nobody wants to be on the forefront you know, everybody's always using social media, but never, nobody wants with, to be with their face on the social. So we actually don't have a face or so we're just a logo. And what, we, what we've seen is with all the marketplaces who, who, who mostly tell the stories of the brands they sell, they just sell logos and products of those logos. And we found that it's really hard to connect with an audience when you're actually not a person, but you're a logo. So we've tried to inspire people to actually do it. And we've thought about it a lot. And it makes a lot of sense for founders to be the face of a social account, but we never really did. And what we found is when we did some research and benchmarking, we looked at all the other marketplaces, all the marketplaces who didn't have a face and which is most, they don't perform really well, even with 20, 30, 40, or even a hundred thousand or even a million uh, followers, they get like 20 likes on a post. And that was when we found that out, it was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because who cares, right? It's it's a thing. And what, what I think for us, social mostly means and entails is that it is a place where people go when they see our website and just check, is this like an active company? Is it like working? Do I believe what they're saying? Because we created a pretty nice lookbook kind of social media timeline, I think. And we really invested a lot of energy in creating really beautiful content pieces where we really dove in deep, did a lot of research and created nice visuals to like infographics to to communicate the findings we did. And even those, they didn't perform super well because it wasn't a person. It was just like a research thing. So for us, what was doing best, it was the research pieces, I believe, the things where we actually communicated something new to people, where people could learn something from them. But in the end, it's really hard for us to actually make a difference with social media because it doesn't really add to our sales. It doesn't really generate transactions for us. We have, as a marketplace, we don't have enough margin to work with looking at commission uh, to actually buy people because with the healthy customer acquisition cost via social media because it's too expensive it wasn't you know 10 years ago ago wasn't but now it is so for us social media is most i think mostly a place where we want to show people we are serious that we know our stuff that we are, are actually a very credible company and 
when we have something important, like we want to highlight a brand, we will highlight brands because, you know, we work together with brands that have marketing packages and we try to get them under the eyes of our target audience. And I think that's important because that's what we are all about, getting these brands in front of a target audience. Although I think we are very at best in our, in our comfort zone and we perform best when we do it on our platform itself because we have a very good, beautiful platform where we can highlight these brands. Social media is just like an extension. So yeah, very long answer to your question, what performs best. But I would, I think it makes most sense if we should just go online and start talking as people about the things that, that really hit us right in the heart. Because I feel like social media is all about connecting people, right? And I feel like we should be doing that. But because we're not doing that, because nobody really wants to, to be honest, the next best thing would be actually add value and make sure that the things you do are not just like posting pictures and just basically contaminating people's timelines but actually upgrading people's timelines. I would say that, that, yeah, that's the answer. The very long answer. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That, that was a great answer. I mean, it was, it was very enlightening in terms of giving the, the profit margins on social media for you guys, and which, you know, those are just awful because you have, you have all these people who are, you know, be able to invest you know, millions of dollars or thousands of dollars a month. And it's just, you know, it doesn't make sense for a small business to really be able to, you know, invest in that because the return just doesn't equal out. <laughs> no, it um, and it's become so competitive. It's so competitive, and you need. I think you, you you'll probably need or a lot, a lot, a lot of money, or a lot of money in the sense that you can like experiment for a whole year and actively work on it every day. Maybe you'll find like a niche somewhere where it does work with a specific category of products, but it takes a lot of money to actually find it out. And then if you finally found it out, it might be that it's not actually profitable in like a few months later, and then still you're down a lot of money. So <laughs> it's hard if you want to you know, grow on social. With yeah, definitely. Small, I can understand that. Margin structure, of course. I mean, if you have like 70% margins, it doesn't really, you can do it. It's easy, but if you don't, it's harder. <laughs> it definitely makes, makes it a lot more challenging, especially depending on your audience. So it's, it's definitely a challenge there. For, for Vevolution, what have you found has been kind of the best content that works? Yeah, well, that depends on the audience. We did a real, I think, a video about something. Again, I'm not really actively involved, so I'm just telling you this by heart, by what I saw in the timeline. But I can't remember a message about this real, really gaining a lot of views. And what we feel there is when we talk on, for instance, the Instagram account of Vevolution, which is pretty large, relatively speaking, it actually does best when we engage with the consumer so not the startup and not the investor and when we have something actually visually stimulating and you know new newsworthy within the plant-based scene then it actually performs well so if you're targeting the consumer who is able to kind of see that and be able to spread it and share it and add value to them then that's that's what works well yeah definitely what are your goals for shop like you give a damn for 2022 not doesn't have to be specific to social media just just in general so in general i'd say our main focus is growing in germany so we're a dutch company we're from the netherlands and in the beginning we focused on the uk and hoping to with our english website also rank within in, in google mostly on the SERP, search engine result page in the us which actually worked because we had a really we had the strategy to actually going to the US directly because we thought that's you know one the biggest biggest market looking at number of people who all speak the same language in Europe we also have a big market but everybody speaks a different language so you have to manage all these languages you know for me it was much harder in my head to actually get there but Brexit happened and that basically just severed 
the UK from the EU, which meant that like the trade just doesn't work anymore. People don't want to do it. It's too much paperwork. And we didn't manage to build a very good, amazing seller base in the US yet. So with very nice, nice local brands. So because we can't sell in an English website anymore, investing in an English website where we can't sell anything doesn't make sense, especially it doesn't make sense if we can't sell anything in the US or not a lot because we don't have a lot of sellers there. It doesn't really make sense for us to invest in the English part of our website. So we just pivoted. I'm actually giving a presentation on this in 30 minutes uh, in the company. We are pivoting now into, into Germany and focusing our energy there. We're now, you know, staying in the Netherlands, focusing on Germany. Then I have like a roadmap created for Europe to go about it in that way. And then in some some point somewhere, we'll actually go back to the, you know, English website in, in the UK, in the US. But for now, that's that's the main focus for us. So it's, it's mostly search engine optimization. That's what we do best. That's what, you know, we're good at that and, and getting those, those good positions in Google. Great. Yeah. And especially for your marketplace, what you guys are doing, being top results in Google, that's extremely important for you guys because that's going to be, you know, where people find you the easiest. Um, these people are going to be searching like vegan options. Yeah. <laughs> what are they? Cool. So just to finish up for this last question here what is one way that if somebody wanted to learn more about you how can they reach out of course they could go to shoplikeevitam.com to check out our website we do have a lot of cool products even in the us although it's not fifteen thousand, unfortunately and in europe we have a fifteen thousand plus product going on sixteen thousand now and i have a lot of big offering in the uk so you're welcome to shop there. Looking at Fevolution, it's an international global platform. We have a lot of investors from the US, a lot of startups from the US, from Europe, from Asia, from South America. We have Africa, they're, they're from everywhere. So Fevolution.com is there for everyone in every country. Uh, if you speak English, because we language is still a thing. <laughs> it's a lot of work to manage multiple languages. And if you are interested in the Vegan Entrepreneurs Network, you can reach out on the website. It's e-entrepreneurs.com. And you can like uh, find the different chapters we have in the world there. So it would be amazing to connect. And of course, I'm always on LinkedIn. I love to connect. So awesome. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. It was yeah. really great being able to connect and be able yeah, to that's... talk to you about all your three different ventures, which is they're going to make a huge difference in the vegan world. So it'll be really great. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Well, you are most welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed receiving another dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in seeing the faces of the people in these podcasts or receiving free business training specifically geared to green businesses, make sure you check out our YouTube channel and subscribe. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of climate positivity. Oh,